Have you ever listened to someone who was trying to sound like they knew what they were talking about, but you could tell that they were bluffing? That's what's going on today, as people have coined the phrase, I'm speaking my own truth. When did it become possible to create new truth? As if it were something like changing an ingredient in a recipe? Welcome to Keep the Heart Podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker known for sharing biblical insights that are practical and inspiring. Now back to today's valuable study. Pretending to be an authority is as old as the Old Testament. What's at the root of this is a desire to have our own way, hence the creation of our own version of the truth. God's word is truth, but not even the ruler, Pilate, in the New Testament, he didn't even recognize this. He was the one standing there with Jesus, and he asked him, what is truth? And today we can tell that many have the same question, and yet the answer is hiding in plain sight. Jesus made this completely plain and clear statement to his disciples in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Are we becoming confused because we're overfed on cultural information and preferences, but we're starving spiritually? We're not the first. This has happened before. Listen to what Paul warned in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. He said, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Earlier in 1 Corinthians 15, 12, you'll find that there were some who didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead, and they were evidently contaminating others with this lie, harming people's faith in Christ. They were, you know, pretty much part of that. What's the point? What's the use? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we do rise. Maybe we don't. This was a generation that was making things up since they didn't want to believe. This is still happening today. A choice to reject God and His Word defaults to doing that which is right in our own eyes. The song, I Did It My Way, it didn't work in the Old Testament, and it's still not working. There are so many issues swirling around us today, and they all have the same basic root cause, a lack of Christ. Without Christ, People just make things up as they go along, changing for the worse as they continue to do that which is right in their own eyes. This is just a modern-day version of the Old Testament on steroids. (laughs) You know what? We have technology now, so we can do dumb and dangerous things faster. Oh, no. Are you deceived? This is another way of asking, are you being fooled? Let's look at three things you can do to protect yourself from deception. First, nourish yourself spiritually. I bring up the issue of daily Bible reading a lot, but it's because there are still so many who haven't developed the habit yet, so it's kind of like I'm circling the aircraft trying to land on another runway. If you're living on a spiritual starvation diet, your mind is open to all sorts of deception and trickery but you'll think it sounds reasonable because you're spiritually starved, and a spiritually starved mind is unstable and unsound. Without the Bible, we really don't know what we're doing. Suddenly, anyone can claim to be an authority because they made up a theory and it works for them, at least until it doesn't. 
God's word is as vital to the spirit as physical food to the body. We're reminded of this in Job 23, 12, which says, Neither have I turned back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Now, Job said that at a time when he was going through catastrophic fiery trials, and yet he was set like a flint. He was not moved by his circumstances because he had esteemed God's word as more than his physical food. His spirit was well-fed, which enabled him to endure incredible, incredible torment. When we're in the Word, it provides protection to keep us from turning away from God, no matter what's going on. I have not yet met a person who turned from Christian living while actively studying their Bible and praying to God, asking Him to guide them. But I do know many people who gave up their Bible and prayer lives and became incredibly confused and ultimately ended up justifying unbiblical choices and decisions. This could happen to any of us. Nourish yourself spiritually. Secondly, remember that companions are influential. Let's review what we read earlier in 1 Corinthians 15.33, where it says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. We covered that at the beginning. But now let's break it down. Now remember that your companions are both in-person and electronic now, and they're the ones who have access to ears and eyes. So we have to be careful because that's the same as access to our hearts and minds. The word evil in this verse also means things that will harm us or that are bad for us. The word communications in 1 Corinthians 15.33 has a surprising additional definition in the Strong's Concordance. This is another word for companionship. We often think of communications as just speech, but actually this word also translates as companionship. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Those communications are companionships. The word corrupt in this verse also means to defile or destroy. And then the common word manners is not the same as what we would think. In this verse, manners means our customs, morals, and character. So if we take that and put it all together, we can paraphrase 1 Corinthians 15.33 to say this, Don't be fooled. Harmful companionship destroys moral character. We do need to protect our eyes and ear gates. People who have this access have access directly to our hearts. And finally, a third thing we can do is to wake up. 1 Corinthians 15.34 tells us this, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Riding the fence, wavering back and forth between godliness and worldliness are very confusing habits to those who don't know anything about God. We say we're Christians, but the unbelieving world is trying to see, how does that benefit us? What's the difference between us and them in our lives and in our lifestyles? We need to stop sleepwalking through our Christian lives. We need to get back to the purpose of magnifying Christ through loving people, living in godliness, and engaging in meaningful evangelism. Not just passing out tracts so we can say, I passed out 50 tracts this week, but having conversations with people and taking the time with those who are still seeking. 
that cashier who's so friendly, taking the time to thank her for doing such a good job and saying, hey, have you ever been to and name your church? And if she says, no, I haven't, invite her, then hand the track. Or when you're at the restaurant and that person is doing such a good job, do you know that it's not that often that people hear, you really do a good job? People need to hear this because people need encouragement. And then following that encouragement, you open a door for sharing the gospel. If we stop sharing the gospel, if we stop seeking those who are lost, if we stop, we can't complain when we see the world grasping for other solutions to their increasingly complicated problems. As long as God allows people to be born, there will be people needing Christ. Now, if you weren't a believer, wouldn't you want someone to tell you there's something more to life than let's eat and drink because tomorrow we're going to die? With the acceleration of death that we've seen since the start of the pandemic, many people are feeling scared, hopeless, and they're seeking answers. Along with the increase in deaths, we've also seen a dramatic increase in desperate behaviors. Do we care? Or are we asleep because we're busy entertaining ourselves and pursuing our own agendas? God's agenda is our agenda. Here's what Jesus said about his intention in Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is our wake-up call. The world is searching for something better. If we're copying the culture, they can't see the righteousness of Christ. The phrase, some have not the knowledge of God, in 1 Corinthians 15.34, could be viewed two ways. Unbelievers clearly don't have the knowledge of God. But it's tragic when believers don't have the knowledge of God. As Paul said to those at the church in Corinth, I speak this to your shame. In other words, he was challenging the people to shake off their lethargy and take a good, hard look in the mirror. Living as if Jesus is never coming again is not surprising for an unbeliever, but it makes no sense for a believer to live so carelessly. These really truly are numbered days, and none of us knows how many numbers are on our life calendars. We assume we'll live to an older age, but we can't be sure. Remember what the Apostle Paul said back in 1 Corinthians 15, 33? Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. In other words, don't be fooled. Be focused on what matters to God. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. Visit the shop at keeptheheart.com for Bible studies, books, and more, along with Francie's conference event calendar. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.